Nation, Rob McGregor, welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor. And Trish McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular posts and where you can find out about our books. Our most recent nonfiction book is Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. Trish's latest novel is Skin Shifters. Rob's latest novel is Tulpas. Okay, our guest today is Melissa K. Benson, and she's an audiobook narrator from New Orleans. She started acting in kindergarten and has never stopped. Her acting background in local theaters and her love of audiobooks led her to her career as a narrator. She says the name of her game is strength and persistence in everything she does. Narrating audiobooks allows her to flex her acting muscle every day. She particularly loves the tension of a thriller, the intimacy of a memoir, and the educational aspect of nonfiction narration. Her educational background in medical massage therapy and intensive anatomical studies, including the performance of human dissections, uh, lends itself well to medical narration with anatomical and biological terminology. Finally, she's a passionate master's CrossFit athlete, and if you see pictures of it, you'll see that. (laughs) Nothing builds mental fortitude like uh, tough physical training, and she applies that strength to her work, producing audiobooks from auditions, book preparation to narration, editing, and more. Welcome, Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Who's, you want to start? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry, we're a little off today. All right. Most writers we know, Melissa, love having their books as audiobooks, and more and more people seem to be listening to books and reading them. But we don't know much about the process involved in narrating a book. For instance, you've you've done two of my books, Total Silence and The Seventh Sense. So what kind of equipment do you need to edit your work? Um, well, I, you made a, a little point there that I want to touch on first, um, if you don't mind, that, um, you know, audiobook growth is is a real thing. And um, I'm not going to bore you with <laughs> too much data, but there's some really interesting <clears throat> data around what you said and um uh they do of course you know track and study this um every year and in 20 year 2020 uh audiobook revenue grew 12 percent to wow. 1.3 billion dollars Jeez, wow. and that's just with uh publishers uh-huh. um and then i don't think that includes the indie author Mm -hmm. that's huge too so that this was the ninth straight year of double digit growth so it just keeps growing and the audience keeps growing younger and younger people um listen to audiobooks um the one thing that changed in 2020 is where people listen to audiobooks um 
apparently um, most people listen to audiobooks in their cars, mm-hmm. their commutes or their trips or whatever. Um, but in 2020, that kind of shifted to um, more people listening at home. Huh. And um, the percentage of Americans who are over 18 uh, have listened to the number percentage of them who have listened to an audiobook is now 46 percent wow is, yeah that's a lot so that's yeah crazy. well no no wonder nobody's reading books Interesting. <laughs> now i mean some people are very dedicated to their print books and some people feel like audiobook listening is cheating but there's <laughs> But uh, it's the same are, with digital books, too. Some people just, you know, w- want to hold the book in their hand and yeah. not uh, read a book off their computer or phone. Too. Yeah, because, you know, reading is kind of a whole experience yeah. for many people and um, which is wonderful. And um, but uh, they actually have done uh, studies on whether you how you um, absorb information either reading or listening to it and there's your there's no difference well let me take that back there are some differences but it's about equal as far as Hmm. comprehension and um and ability to you know like visualize as you're reading or or if you're listening and really i think the thing that to me is like really says it all is and, and and i'm not like Oh, everyone should listen to audiobooks and not read because I like reading too. I mean, <laughs> either way is that that's the point. Either way, but when you think about it, storytelling has been around a lot longer than reading. Yeah, that's a good True. point. That's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, as yeah. Human beings, we're we're meant to hear stories and tell stories. Mm-hmm. Right. That's. That's a good point. Okay, Melissa, most of Trisha's novels are about some aspect of the mystical realm, the paranormal, and you've read a couple of them. Uh, do you have any interest in such subjects, and uh, have you had any paranormal paranormal experiences yourself? Oh, wow. That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't in my list. <laughs> I just made that one up. <laughs> I, I love that question because I'll say yes and yes. Um, I, I am interested, probably not to the degree that you all are, um, but I, I love Trisha's books so much. And I love that aspect of the paranormal and the way she's written it as to, you know, it's not like way out there crazy. It's totally believable that people could have these paranormal abilities or be able to see things or feel things. I mean, I just, I love that. I I do wish I knew more about it. In fact, I, I listened to some of your podcast episodes and it's like so fascinating. I can't like, I can't stop listening, but yes, I do believe I have experienced um, ghosts mm-hmm. in my life. That's what um, I was just going to ask you. Yeah. I had that feeling. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely, there's, no way you could convince me that I did not see a ghost one time on the water. Um, hmm. Were you in a boat? Um, actually, I was in a house that was on a, a small lake. It's like a, a canal that has a real wide part, and they call it a lake. Um, and a lot of people um, they have crab traps out in there and mm-hmm. 
um, early in the morning, I saw two guys in a flatboat, what we call a P-Row. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and it looked like one guy was sitting and the other guy was um, pulling up crab traps. And he was, yeah. he was repeatedly doing it, though. And I thought, well, when's he going to get a crab trap up? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I looked out the window again and um, this was uh this was at my, at the time, fiance's house. And I looked out the window again and um, he was still in the same, they were still in the same spot doing the same motion. Huh. Uh, that's weird. So um, I told my, my now husband, I said, why are they out there so long? And, <laughs> and it was kind of foggy looking. And so we went outside and looked from the porch and they were not there. Wow, oh, that's interesting. Uh. Then we went back in the house. We're like, wait a minute. What is what is this? <laughs> we went back in the house, the window, and there they were. And it, huh. then we said, okay, something's wrong with this window. We looked out every back window that faced that lake, and they were there. And we went outside again, and they were gone. Seriously, like, check. Oh, jeez. Check. <laughs> yeah. and, and then eventually it, was, they, it just wasn't there. But I Googled that <laughs> and, and um and i read that some spirits can only be seen through glass or a mirror yeah. i didn't know that i didn't know anything about that but that's what we experienced oh, well, do you think there's something that happened there i mean in the past i mean you do live in a haunted city i mean oh, new orleans right oh absolutely and on the water i mean yeah but what accident hasn't happened on the water? <laughs> <laughs> right. So Trish and I uh, had a similar experience just recently. Uh, we were we have a little park in our neighborhood <laughs> that we go to. Uh, first, we take the dogs to the dog park around in the middle of the afternoon. And then by evening, though, they're getting all uh, restless <laughs> again, and they gotta uh, go out. So we we walk around the neighborhood and go into this little park. And there's a couple benches there, and we walked across. It's a big open field and some trees, and we walked over to a couple of benches, and there's an older woman sitting there in one of the benches, just sitting there. Not Without there. a dog. No no dog. And she actually uh, spoke, when we talked to her, she actually spoke just a very few words and just sat there staring ahead. And then, you know, we kind of felt a little uncomfortable, you know, uh, just, you know, being right by there and with the dogs running around. So we, we headed back, and we got about halfway across the field and look back to the benches and there was nobody she there. She was gone. <laughs> you know, it was dusk, you know, maybe she sunk down or something. I don't, but we, neither one of us could see her. <laughs> and we've never seen her before yeah. either. So oh, wow. That, that, and that said she was talking like just by herself, like, like not no, to... she, she answered her question. I can't remember what yeah, we... I don't know what we, what we said to her, but, uh, you know. She just, said maybe two or three words. Yeah, just, you know, just you know, nice out or here, whatever, you know, nothing, uh, you know, we didn't, I wanted to ask, you know, why she was there and <laughs> where she lived, but I didn't go into it. So, you know, I just didn't feel right. Where's your do dog? <laughs> yeah. 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 And sometimes I think when that stuff happens, you just know, I, um, my background, um, like you mentioned in my bio is theater act as far as my acting background and um they say that every theater has a ghost and i don't know if you're aware of this but um there's something called a ghost light 
and that mm-hmm. they they leave it on on the stage like during a production the mm-hmm. when when everyone closes up and leaves for the night the ghost light stays ah. on it's huh. like, it's on the stage and it's a light for the ghosts and um and i have it's interesting (laughs) i've experienced some some ghosts in the theater too so Hmm. Um, yeah that's a a notorious place for ghosts actually yeah Yeah. Yeah. okay how how, tell us how long it takes you to narrate a 400 page book um yeah so um we I, i couldn't count how long it takes to do a 400 page book but i could if you gave me a word count because that's how uh-huh. we, that's how we determine because page Se- seventy five thousand words yeah um well it takes it takes about um 9300 words per hour wow so let's so just say um what did you say uh 75 75 000. 000, yeah Divided by 9,300, I'm going to guess. Uh, I'm doing math here. Oh, <laughs> this could take a while. Get the, get the calculator, <laughs> <out>, John. <laughs> 75,000 words. That's like a typical size book. Divided by 9,300, that'd be about an eight-hour book. Uh-huh. Wow. Okay. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to take eight hours to make it. Right. That's That would be eight hours to read for, for the uh, consumer, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And, right. and, was, I, and I just validated the math. That's correct. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. good, Melissa. Uh, math expert here. <laughs> so um, now to produce that eight-hour book, um, it's going to take about six hours per finished hour. Wow. So, oh. Yeah, because um, there are a lot of moving parts in creating an audiobook, producing an audiobook. And um, uh, so you're looking at maybe 48 to 50 hours or so to, uh-huh. to create that audiobook. Hmm. Um, so, do you do the editing yourself of your words uh, when you stumble over something and stop and have to start again? Um, well, I do something called punch and roll, um, which like it, that's an old term for the old-fashioned way of doing it, but the but the term stuck. So um, now we have digital audio workstations mm-hmm. that help us do this. We're not actually punching tape or rolling back and punching in, but we do it. We do it digitally. So yeah, I'll be reading, make a mistake, um, try not to say too many curse words, and then, <laughs> right, yeah. and then, but it doesn't matter because they get. They get punched out anyway. Or rolled. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah, so we we stop and start uh, according to, you know, the mistakes we make, our stomach growls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, you know, we stick our mic, our elbow through the microphone. That's right. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we just, we stop and start. So yeah. when it's finished, it's, it's partially edited. It's like kind of like pre-editing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you edited out big stuff, you don't have to go back and do all that again. It's all, it's pretty clean at the end. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'm in the process of, uh, reading my first audiobook right now, a novel that I wrote, uh, in the, the Indiana Jones saga. It, uh, I had, um, written seven and this was the eighth one. And because of technical issues, it was related to a, 
a game and the game came out and they didn't publish the novel and then they decided not to publish the novel at all. And so it's been sitting for 11 years and I said, well, I'm going to just put this out as a like a fan novel and just read it for people because uh, almost every week somebody um, sends me an email and asks me about something about Indiana Jones and a lot of questions are what happened to you know, the staff of kings. So um, <laughs> I'm letting people know. But my, uh, my experience, you know, it's uh, being a first timer. I don't know what's wrong with me, but sometimes I just reading and I'm 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 saying stuff. John stops me who be, because he's he's doing the recording and stops me. So that doesn't say that in the, <laughs> the book. <laughs> you? You're just making stuff up. You know. <laughs> wow. Well, that- you're really in the moment and you're kind of writing. Right. It's like I'm thing. editing you know, the book. <laughs> but but in a bad way, it usually. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I could say almost anything happens. Um, the funny thing that happens is that I can read a word and we all do this and it sounds like you, you're doing it too. You can read a word completely differently from what's on right. the page, and then yeah. you don't even know. It's like a typo. Yeah, I call right. it. I call it a speako. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like you know, the word might be uh, commitment, and you say commiserate or something like. Right. Yeah. 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 It doesn't make any sense. Well, and and and, and, and believe me, I'm. I probably have the least experience with this, but but I but I do believe even when you're reading, when you're reading a text off a page, you're you're actually several words. Your eyes are several words ahead of what you're actually processing, yeah. and that's I think that's where the editing comes in. Is then you're like, what is the nat- next natural word to come? And that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyways. That's it, right. Because sometimes you'll say a word that's more familiar to you. And uh, yeah. I have to say, I've gotten better at reading more accurately as I've done this. Because uh, um, uh, this is why we have proofers. And you're working with John, so he's correcting you as you go along. And that's awesome. That's like working with a director. At, <laughs> that If I were working with a, a, a big publishing house and they were live directing me, that's what the director would do, and mm-hmm. um, and that's really nice. But um, when you when you're doing a solo thing, you, and you, if you don't catch yourself, then this is why we have proof listeners. We have mm-hmm. ah, part of our yeah. post production is proofing, ah. and, and um, so then they are they're the ones that catch the ones that you had no idea that you said, and um, and then you can go in and correct them. Yeah. Is that provided by the publisher? Um, you- yeah. <clears throat> if you're working with a, a larger publishing house, mm-hmm. they usually do the the post production, and they and um. But if you're working with indie authors, mm-hmm. you yeah, either, like Crossroad. Yeah. So um, you either. Do the post-production yourself, except for the proofing. There's no way you can proof your own. Mm-hmm. Have to have a proofer because um, it's just like when you try to proof your typing. It, you your mind sees that mistake and it doesn't always register. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with listening. So um, and then the editing and mastering um, that can be outsourced to professionals, um, sound 
engineers as well. And so um, it depends on the project whether personally whether I do my own post production or outsource it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when John, John and I when I started this project, uh, I I first began by recording myself on my phone and then uh, send it to John. But uh, the problem with that was the quality was not that that great because John is putting music and sound effects in behind, uh, you know, the the whips and the, the punches <laughs> and the guns going off. And uh, we just had, well, why don't we just uh, do it uh, through through John's studio with me recording? So that's that's why we're working together that way. Well, that sounds like so much fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and time consuming, right, John? <laughs> it sounds like a, like an audio drama, you know? Yeah, it right. is kind of like that. Uh, <laughs> just one person but, uh, and, speaking. But. And, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead on the questions, but, uh, uh, but um, uh, Melissa, uh, have you done any voiceover acting or anything or is that something you're that you do you ever audition for voice just like uh for like animation or or anything Hmm. really Uh. yeah well um yeah all of those are you know other forms of voiceover vo work and when i first started out with this um idea (laughs) um (laughs) i took a year long course with a vo guy in in LA and and so I learned a lot about all the different kinds of voiceover things which you don't even realize how it's everywhere around you you know every time you listen to anything the television the radio you know there voiceover there's a lot of work voiceover Um, and then even when you make a phone call and there's a message and Uh you know how much is in your bank account or whatever. Like <laughs> none of those are done with voice prompts. And um, I haven't really done, I, I mean, I learned about it, but I, I I really was focused on audiobooks. And I'm glad I learned about the other kinds of voiceover. I recently was um, asked to do a kind of uh, sort of a political campaign voiceover. And I'm, mm. I'm supposed to be doing that. Um, it's just a local thing and, and I, I'm definitely open to doing it and I would do it. I just focus on audiobooks, So it's not really a big part of, uh, uh-huh. and as far as like animation, that is like so fun. I know people who do that. Um, and really for animation, it's almost better to be in kind of a, um, production state or a production city, like, like, uh, uh-huh. Right. Yeah, I think so. That's real too. The the like cartoons and yeah, um, video games. There are voices in video games and right. Mm. How do you prepare for male voices when you're doing male voices? Yes, Um, (laughs) guy voices. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, that is it. I've actually recently taken some uh, workshops on that. Um, the education in this field is never ending. Um, mm. Really have to keep up with uh, honing your skills, um, whether it be gender voices, accents, or whatever. But uh-huh. um, I, I, I did recently take a gender 
um, voicing class. And it's just interesting how you can manipulate your um, your throat. The way males and females speak is different besides the the um, the resonance and the pitch and all that. You, you can manipulate that a little bit, but the main thing is the acting and the attitude. Uh-huh. So, you know, I might be voicing a male and I don't have to really push it like, I'm talking like a man, you know? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, because you know, you're listening to one narrator and it, it person who's the opposite gender from you, um, that is what people are going to tune into. And they're going to mm-hmm. forget that you don't really sound like a man. Yeah. But, but there's sense. some little tricks. You know, men seem to speak more forward. And mm-hmm. what they say, they often mean like, um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? More directly. Um, mm-hmm. And women sometimes have a little more sibilance in their voice and sometimes they they drag words out a little longer and mm-hmm. go up at the end where mm-hmm. men don't do that yeah i have one character in staff of kings who is chinese but i don't <laughs> attempt to God. do a chinese accent i don't know if i tried it it would probably be offensive <laughs> to anybody who's chinese but uh but one thing i do and I did this in, in some of the writing as well, is drop some of the pronouns. So uh, it it might sound like that uh, as an, somewhat of an effect of a Chinese person, but I'm not uh, really attempting, you know, to change, yeah, exactly, change it at all. Exactly, because they know, your listener's gonna know what you're, what you're getting at and your character's gonna sound a little different without being really overboard. Sometimes right. it only takes one little adjustment um, one little vowel or consonant change um, to to um, get the flavor of an right. act. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like you said, if you go too far, it sounds, well, it sounds distracting for one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the or- going to go, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and really, in that case, it's just uh, trying to get across the case that it's a non-English speaker. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, without being offensive, yeah. right? Right. Exactly. And I'll say too that the audiobook industry is very conscientious of that nowadays. Like they do try to cast books, and I'm talking about big publishers. Uh-huh. They do make a huge effort to cast books with appropriate um, actors who, you know, like if the main characters in a book are Hispanic, um, say, Mm -hmm. you know, like not a side character, uh, that's, that's not as big of a deal for, you know, um, someone of one ethnicity to do multiple ethnicities. But when it comes to being the main character, especially if it's first person, you know, they they're very sensitive about casting appropriately in in ethnicity. And it's it's a nice move. Mm -hmm. Have you done any um, uh, audio books that uh, take place in New Orleans? Yes, I want to 
some of my first books <laughs> uh, I did. And, um, and honestly, I think that's how I got the book because I did my audition and then I wrote a little note to the author with my audition that said, I know how to say chapatulas and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. and I know the difference between calliope and calliope and, uh, <laughs> like, you know, all the little New Orleans intricacies. Um, right. So yeah, yeah trust me to do a, um, it was a trilogy. I, I got to do three books. Huh. Yeah. Who was the author? Uh, his name is Jack Caldwell. Oh, there's a there's a mystery writer who lives in New Orleans too. Uh, Trish, what's his name? Uh, James Lee Burke. James Lee Burke. Yeah, that'd be cool. For yeah, I don't know if he still lives there though. Oh, yeah. Um, but I his, know books, to, his books. Yeah, his take books take place. There, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's always interesting when you hear people from New York doing trying to do like they think there's a Louisiana accent or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, yeah, I was surprised that you didn't have a Louisiana accent. <laughs> right, I don't. Well, I don't think I. I don't think I have any accent, but <laughs> that's what everybody says. You, you don't. <laughs> How do you get new assignments as a freelancer? I mean, well, I'll tell you the ideal way is to um, meet an author who wants their book made into audio, uh -huh. because then you have kind of a relationship already um, and um, you can collaborate and, you know, go into it uh, together. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and that's, that's the ideal way. Um, but is, there are conferences, aren't there for audiobook narrators? Um, yeah, <coughs> but mm -hmm. those aren't usually casting events. So, I'll tell you the typical way. Okay, that was the ideal way. But the typical way that narrators um, get work with rights holders is um, through one company is called ACX. That's the Audiobook Creation Exchange. It's owned by Audible, which is owned by Amazon. And it's kind of a matchmaking service between narrators and rights holders. Hmm. And there you do auditions and uh, well, authors put their books up um, for auditions and then um, narrators choose which books they'd like to audition for and uh -huh. send in auditions. But um, it's it's a great uh, platform, but also it's full of a lot of uh, pitfalls and and obstacles where that's why I'm saying it's better if you have like a relationship an author and a narrator mm -hmm. you know some kind of uh, yeah. relationship already and then you know there's just a lot that more. makes sense there's a, a lot of there are other ways um there are small small publishers or um production houses like crossroad press uh -huh. and, um and that's another way um and then there's different distribution options too when it comes to choosing that and um there are other avenues besides acx there's one mm -hmm. called audiobooks unleashed that has um they have more options but with audiobooks unleashed you do have to come to them as a collaborating team author and um and narrator because mm -hmm. 
they don't have a casting platform. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Melissa, could we ask you to do a little reading uh, from one of Trisha's novels? Sure. You choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. The Seventh Sense is just totally. I, I'm in love with that book. Oh, I, that's great. Thank you. I I love the way you read it. <laughs> well, I, I think there's a little bit of Benedict in me or something because uh, he's just so amazingly uh, sociopathic. <laughs> and <laughs> so am I. <laughs> sociopathic. Win the team. <laughs> and um, so yeah. Um, actually, I'm I've been invited to do a, a something on Wednesday that I'm pretty excited about and I'm actually I get to uh, get I get to be directed by some uh, um, producers from large publishers and we're talking like the big five right mm -hmm. and um, I get to choose a piece to to read and they're gonna live direct me and it's gonna be like an it this is through the uh, the APA, which is the Audio Producers Association, uh -huh. kind of it's it's, it's mainly for um, producers, publishers, but we're a part of that. We're a wheel in the cog, so narrators are very very active in belonging to the APA as well. And um, um, anyway, it's for that. So it's it's like a gigantic event. So that the APA is the big. Um, association that we all belong to and they have a conference every year which is it's that's yeah. like the event so this is a huge this is great do you get to pick out what you want to read or do they just give you something well both um both. And i picked uh an excerpt from the seventh sense and then another right. um, non-fiction book that i had done earlier this year and then they also are going to send me uh something the day before. Oh. So I, I only have a day to get familiar with it. So hmm. that should be fun. Yeah. That's yeah. challenging. Challenging, yeah. Yeah, and then everyone's gonna be listening. Oh <laughs> <laughs> just gotta think, oh, you'll think of fine. yourself in a room by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anybody in their underwear because yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> might start laughing. <laughs> That's one problem I have with Indiana Jones and some of his uh, humor. I, I start to want to start laughing while I'm reading, and I have to kind of control myself from the stupid things he says. John just throws in a whip sound over that, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll read a little bit of The Seventh Sense if that's okay. okay. That's great. Thank you. Uh, it might take me a minute to kind of get into character. Um, and this is a scene where uh, uh, Frank has just gotten home from having his accident. And I mm -hmm. love I love this scene with Anita. She's so innocent, sort of. And, <laughs> and at first. <laughs> and, uh, okay. Okay. He's so just discovered that uh, the car, the BMW is smashed. Mm-hmm. years he'd known his wife, Anita had been a big believer in insurance. 
even in college where they'd met, she'd carried a shitload of insurance, all of it paid for by her father. Benedict hadn't understood this predilection then and he didn't understand it now. To him, it smacked of disaster preparation, like buying nursing home insurance in your 20s. <laughs> and yet, at the moment, he desperately wished he had an insurance policy to protect him against a homicide charge. You didn't hear a thing I said, Frank. He blinked and her face came back into focus. What? I said that as soon as you've got the police report, we can call the insurance guy. I can't report it to the police. He blurted out, the words popping out of him like a series of deep burps over which he had no control. They pinged against the silence, echoed, faded away. Anita rolled her lower lip between her teeth. You didn't hit any parked car. He uttered this in the same astonished tone that she often used when speaking of the gifted children she taught, the kids with the huge IQs who would have to fix everything that previous generations had screwed up. He wanted suddenly to just walk away from her, to hurry into the sanctuary of his home, climb the stairs, and gobble down several of those codeine tablets her father had prescribed for his headaches. Dead, shriveled beneath her scrutiny. What happened? She asked. The rain. I couldn't see a foot in front of me, and suddenly, suddenly the car was just there, Anita. I, I swerved, but I hit it. Such a facile lie. It sounded so good, even he could believe it. Jesus, Frank! He whispered it. Her arms went around him. Was... Was anyone hurt? I don't know. In his mind, he saw that large woman stumbling from the van, collapsing. He saw the figure slumped over the steering wheel. He heard the blaring of the horn. Yes, but, but I, I don't know how badly. He stepped back. You just took off? I, I panicked. I was coming off I-95. And the rest of the lie rushed out. No longer embryonic, but fully formed, right down to the last detail. His explanation for the rear end damage to the car was that when he'd hit the Explorer, the BMW had spun and crashed into something. He didn't know what. I didn't have a choice, he finished. Anita simply stood there, her expression locked in shock and disbelief. The constant drip, drip, drip from the car broke the silence between them. She bit her lip again, lowered her eyes briefly, then looked at him, tears glistening in all that blue. You have to go to the police, Frank. Explain what happened. Right now, the only thing you're guilty of is bad judgment. You panicked. No one will hold that against you. Besides, the other guy might be at fault. Benedict laughed, a sharp, caustic laugh that made her flinch. You don't get it. I fled the scene of an accident, Anita. That makes me look guilty, even if the accident wasn't my fault. 
How utterly convincing he sounded. Benedict the attorney. If the driver was seriously injured, or if he or the woman dies, Benedict thought but didn't say it, then I'll be charged regardless of whose fault the accident was. And if I'm charged, there won't be any partnership at Thacker and Tillis. I won't have a goddamn job. I'll be disbarred. He paced now, her slippers clicking against the floor, her robe whispering against her legs. You're making a lot of assumptions that, for Christ's sakes, Anita, I'm a lawyer. I know how the system works, A, B, C. I'll be questioned, then charged. If the driver sustains serious injuries, I'll go to trial. If the driver sues my insurance company or me, then there'll be a civil trial. But then it won't make much difference because we'll be bankrupt. She stopped pacing, stared at him, raked her fingers through her hair. Then her face seemed to crumble like a stale cookie. But, but we're not criminals. We're not the bad guys, Frank. Wow, you're really good. good. You really captured Anita (laughs) and and him. Ah, thank you. Okay, I see what you mean about the male. Right. See, even Buddy liked it. He just (laughs) (laughs) burned. Yeah. Yeah, part of that. That was good. uh, That's intense. You can really tell when you're switching uh, perspectives. Yeah. That's good. So how many uh, uh, books have you read? (laughs) I'm sorry, how many? How many have you read? How many books have you read? Um, I am working on my 19th book. Good wow. for you. Okay. Nice. See, I need somebody like you in the room while I'm writing. So I could say, <laughs> hey, can you see how this sounds? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Because you have to hear it in your head, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. And then, yeah. So that happens sometimes with... Um, indie authors who are seeking a narrator sometimes um they have a certain voice in their head and then they kind of focus on that when they when they listen to auditions and and when they don't hear that voice they just pass that person up but and so sometimes because it's in their head there's they're never going to find exactly what's in their head Mm -hmm. So I would say for any authors who might be listening, if you're looking for a narrator, to just keep in mind that um, that acting is more important than the actual sound of the voice. Hmm. So tell people where they can find you, Melissa, besides New Orleans. (laughs) Yeah, just come on down. (laughs) Make you some gumbo and we'll talk. Um, Well, my website which is uh, mkbenson.com. It's letter M, letter K, Benson.com. Yeah, you can find me there. You can contact me through there. Um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Um, Melissa K. Benson. Um, My Facebook is Melissa K. Benson Audiobook Narrator. Um, And then I have a personal uh page as well which is fine because i i play with both of those um 
And yeah, you're the you're the second um, person we've interviewed from New Orleans. Uh, the other one yeah. was the other one was a voodoo queen. Yeah, she's a voodoo. Remember what her name was? I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah. you should go. You should go meet her. <laughs> I would. She, she has a couple books out too. Yeah. Really? That's yeah. Cool. They're not fiction. They're non-fiction. Non-fiction books. Yeah. yeah. Really, I'll have to look up that episode. Of yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll send I'll you find there. her name too and send it to you. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has just been great. Gosh, it's given me a whole new take on Seventh Sense. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and, and John, well, as soon as he, uh, probably in a couple of weeks, he'll put this up since he's got to do music to it. Yeah, yeah. he's going to put that on. That'll be And then I'll send you a link. Yeah. Oh, that would be fantastic. And oh. please let us know what happens at this. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. You're going to this thing to, to what, what do they call audition? Right, right. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It's called live directed, and it's really just a it's really just a learning experience for everyone who's listening, and for me, obviously. Um, and I just applied to do it, and I think they just did like a lottery, and I got lucky because oh wow, it, it's only three narrators, it's um, uh, two veterans and a rookie, and I'm considered a rookie because I have less than fifty books. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah. So um, so I get to be the rookie that. Everyone probably feels sorry for <laughs> the <laughs> underdog. But, until, you, um, until you win. Break out, you can break <laughs> yeah, out. yeah there's, there's, there's nothing to win. It's just like an experience that yeah. I'm excited to get to do it. Because as a stage actor, you get directed all the time. And it's, you know, sometimes a director tells you something and you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but when you're doing this all by yourself, you don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. And so another thing I wanted to tell you about the seven cents is that I am going to, I might've mentioned this last year, but I couldn't do it for 2020. It had to be for 2021. Um, I'm submitting it uh, for um, uh, an award, the um, independent, what was it called? IAA independent Audiobook awards. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it would be like super fantastic. Even even if we were uh, um, finalists or nominated for it. Uh huh. Well, I mean, it's it's a great. You did a great job on the book. I mean, it's just yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so interesting as an author to hear it read. You know, it's just it's right. kind of like wow, really? <laughs> uh, like wow, I did that. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, cool. It, it just adds a different dimension to it. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Well, well gosh, thank you for being on. Right now, Nigel is here. He knows it's he knows it's been an hour, and he's yeah, he, panting to like go. Right go. He, lays, he lays down for an hour, and he knows when the hour is ending. He gets up, and uh, maybe it's the tone of our voices change or something, but he knows when the hour is over. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you'll see your friend on the bench again. Yeah, really. Yeah, oh right. gosh, that was freaky. Yeah. Well, stay in touch, Melissa. And thanks so much. This was just great. Thank you. So, Thank you. It was a joy. Bye and now. have a good day. Bye now. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. 
Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Mystical.